Welcome back to our With Our Whole Hearts series. In this series at Wingfoot Church, we are exploring what it looks like to take seriously Jesus' invitation to follow him, uh, to do what he did, to practice his life. Uh, In doing so, we will discover the truth of who he is as our Lord, as our King, as our Savior, uh, that will lead to a life of freedom and trust and wholeness, the life that God intends for us. A rule of life is simply a set of habits and practices that give definition to or clarity to what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus or a student of the life of Jesus in times that can sometimes be confusing or lack clarity in what it means to follow Jesus today. And so this series is an invitation to look at your own life and say, how can I follow Jesus where I am? Uh, That Jesus intends for me to follow him in the everyday stuff of my life, my work life, my family life, my private life, my social life, all these aspects of my life, Jesus wants me to follow him in. And so how can I begin to integrate into my life the habits and the practices from the life of Jesus? We're looking at six practices from the life of Jesus that as we adopt these practices or we begin to try out some of these practices, uh, they have a tendency of challenging us a little bit in the ways that our culture has formed us or deformed us from the way of Jesus, uh, and also opening up our inner lives, our desire, our will to be conformed to the image of Jesus, as Paul would say, or to look more like Jesus, to desire the things that Jesus desires so that we can then follow him in our actions and in our daily lives. The first three weeks, we looked at habits or practices of loving God, that Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we looked at three practices from Jesus's life that we can begin to adopt into our life. We looked at the practice of practice, which is embodying the habits, values, and teachings of Jesus in our everyday life to actually do what he says to do. Week two, we looked at the practice of prayer, of being with him, being attentive to him, and yielding our will and yielding control to his power and presence in our life. Last week, we looked at the practice of pace, of slowing down, of embracing healthy rhythms of rest and work, trusting that God's going to work, and he's going to do what he wants to do, and he invites me to rest and to trust in him. Uh, Now, this past Sunday, we uh, turned and started to look at loving our neighbor. As Jesus said, the the greatest commandment also includes loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, And we talked about the difficulty of this part of our rule of life, because loving God uh, to some degree, at some level, is a little bit easier than loving my neighbor. Because my neighbor is a different person than me. Yes, God is God and he is his own will and his own power and his own attributes. Uh, But it's easy to kind of keep that in a box if I want to. To pray when I want to and to slow down when I want to and to practice the spiritual disciplines when I want to. But when I love my neighbor, I'm not in control. Uh, It's not always easy or comfortable. It gets awkward or difficult. And so we tend to make loving people kind of abstract. You say, I love people generally, but Jesus loved people specifically, real people who were in front of him with their needs and their concerns and their questions. Uh, That Jesus had this attentive awareness of people, this attunement to people's needs and desires. And in that, he valued them. Uh, We looked at this in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan, at first level, it seems like Jesus is teaching that we should just care for everyone. But instead, Jesus is confronting the lawyer's prejudice and discrimination. That when he asks, who is my neighbor, he's actually asking, like, who am I accepted from loving or who don't I have to love? 
And rather than saying, rather than Jesus saying to the man, love everybody, instead he offers the Samaritan, this outsider, this heretic, this one that the man probably would have excluded as an example of who to follow. And in doing this, he affirms or celebrates or holds up the image-bearing reality of the Samaritan, that this one who is seen as an outsider, someone to be excluded, actually represents something of God's love and concern for people. And so we should look at him differently. And so the practice of people is not first and foremost about how I care for people, but it's about how I view people. Uh, that if I'm going to follow the way of Jesus, is going to lead me to people. That's why Jesus said, loving God and loving your neighbor go hand in hand. But it's not just about caring for the needs of people, but it's first about how I see people. The practice of people means this, uh, that we value all people as God's image bearers. We celebrate our differences, and we stand up for the overlooked and the undervalued. We value all people as God's image bearers. We celebrate our differences, and we stand up for the overlooked and the undervalued. Now, there's three things in that statement, three aspects of that definition. The first is valuing all people as God's image bearers. Uh, One of the fundamental truths that we see on the first pages of the Bible is that every person is made in the image of God. Every person has dignity. Every person has worth. Every person reflects something of who God is to me. And that's why the second part of this definition, celebrating our differences, becomes really important. Because it's often in our differences when someone looks different than me or acts different than me or comes from a different religious or cultural or uh, ethnic background that I tend to other people or I make people different than me, or I prioritize their difference, and kind of it becomes easier to exclude. That's the question that the lawyer is asking when he asks Jesus, who's my neighbors? Who am I allowed to exclude? Uh, And Jesus instead affirms the image-bearing reality of the Samaritan. And so it's in our differences in particular that we are, when we are following Jesus together, but we come from different cultural or ethnic or language backgrounds, that it is in those places that we have the opportunity to expand our imagination of who God is. Uh, as we look for and pay attention to the image of God in those who are different than us, it helps us get a broader picture of who God is. And this then leads to the last part of our definition, which is that we stand up for those who are overlooked and undervalued. Uh, that Jesus shows a particular concern for the poor, uh, for the homeless, for the excluded, for the marginalized. Uh, In fact, his whole ministry begins with a proclamation in Luke 4 where he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor and liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. Uh, That his mission and ministry includes and even prioritizes those who are overlooked and undervalued in the larger culture or the economy around us. This is why in Matthew 25, Jesus teaches us that when we care for the poor, the homeless, the hungry, or the imprisoned, uh, he says we're actually doing that to him. Uh, We are caring for him. We are welcoming him. And so this calls for a radical reorientation of our vision of how we see people, that we see people, every person you encounter, uh, the person who is like you, the person who is different than you, the person who agrees with you, the person who disagrees with you, every person that you encounter is someone who's made in God's image. And so we are invited to look at people differently, to look through our differences, to look through the labels that culture and economics and politics would place on people to instead look for the image and the face of Jesus. And so there's three things, three practices that we can begin to integrate into our rule of life, into your rule of life, 
that can begin to prioritize people in your life with Jesus, in your discipleship of following him. We did three things drawn from the parable of the Good Samaritan on Sunday. And I want to expand on each one of these because obviously talking about the practice of people is a huge topic. We could talk about a lot of things. But I want to just offer a few thoughts for you to begin to integrate people into your rhythm of life as a disciple of Jesus. So the three priorities of the practice of people are this. The first is prioritizing people with my time. How can I build into my regular rhythm time with people? The second is prioritizing people with my attention, Uh, paying attention to people and looking through the labels and through the differences to see the image of God present in every person that I meet. And then lastly is prioritizing people with my action. That compassion will lead me to take action, to care for the hurting, the broken, uh, in the ways that God has empowered me and enabled me to in the name of Jesus. let's dive in first to prioritizing people with our time. On Sunday, we talked about how relationships are inherently inefficient. Uh, It is not about strategy or productivity or getting ahead. Relationships take time. Uh, So if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, it will lead us to people uh, and into community. And so how should we think about prioritizing people in our rhythm of life? As part of a rule of life, what kinds of relationships and habits should you have that can help you grow in your following of Jesus and loving your neighbor. Here at Wingfoot Church, we talk about this as our priority of whole life community. Uh, Whole life community means intentionally practicing the way of Jesus together in big, small, and everyday ways. Uh, So as you think about a rule of life for you, you can think about it in terms of time in each of those three ways. The first is time in big community. Uh, This is our large gathering on Sunday. And when we gather on Sunday, it's to worship, it's to reconnect with the mission, the direction that Jesus is calling us to, it's to be encouraged and equipped for the purpose of being sent back out into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces with the good news of Jesus. And so a part of your rule of life in the practice of people is to say, what's my commitment to or my regular habit of being gathered with the whole church community on Sunday mornings. Uh, That may seem silly, but remember, a rule of life is an intentional plan to keep God the center of everything that we do. And it's very easy to become unintentional about our Sunday mornings, about gathering with the church as a whole where uh, my schedule or my busyness or other things can get in the way of it. And so building this into your rule of life is saying that my commitment, my intentionality is to be in community whenever I can on Sunday mornings. The second rhythm then of life with people is small. And small is uh, the place where we gather to be known and to know others. Uh, This in our church context is maybe a house church community with 12 to 20 people. Maybe it's a huddle with three to five people. But the purpose of small community is to put these things into practice. In other words, it should be a space with people where you can be a little bit more open and honest and vulnerable, uh, where you can ask questions and find answers together, where you can be encouraged and built up and prayed for and supported. Uh, And so being in a small community space, committing in your rule of life to saying, these are the people that I'm going to share life with and building that into your regular rhythm of a rule of life is, again, a way to make this community intentional. To say that my intent and purpose is to be in community because it's in community with other followers of Jesus that I find him and follow him. 
And so building into your practice of people, what is your regular rhythm and habit of being in community? Maybe you're not in community and maybe part of your rule of life is to say in this next season, I need to find a community. I need to find a group of three to five people or 12 to 20 people that I can follow Jesus with to be supported, encouraged, and built up. The last rhythm of our community life together is every day. In other words, that the mission of Jesus leads me to follow him and to live his mission out in the everyday stuff of my life. And this is where we get to think about what are the intentional practices of presence that you can integrate into your life to be a light in whatever community God has called you to be. And so what intentional practice of being present with people can you include in your rule of life with this intent of saying, I need to share the good news with people. I need to be present in the lives of people so that I can offer them hope and the good news of Jesus. And so it might be as simple as saying, you know, I want to be present in my neighborhood by taking my kids to the local community park and then trying to just be present and get to know a couple people there. It might be more intentional to say these are the three or four people in my circle that uh, that God is really giving a burden to me to pray for them for how I can share Jesus with them. And so including that in your rule of life is basically saying, uh, who are the people in my circle who don't know Jesus yet? And how can I be intentional about being present with them, being attentive to them and being open to them with my time and my attention so that I can have the opportunity to demonstrate and communicate the love and the gospel of Jesus with them? So as you think about prioritizing people with your time, just three simple rhythms to think about, uh, to be intentional, to say, how am I going to prioritize people with my time uh, with a Sunday morning gathering where we're encouraged and built up to follow Jesus? Uh, How can I be intentional in my time with a community of followers of Jesus who can uh, encourage and build me up in following him? And how can I be intentional in my time in the everyday stuff of my life of being present on my block, being present with my friends or my coworkers who don't know Jesus so that I can share the love of Jesus with them? The second priority in the practice of people is the priority of our attention. Uh, Paying attention to real people when they are in front of us and being attentive to the messages and the things that I think about people in my mind, in my heart, and where those messages came from. Uh, That we see in the parable of the Good Samaritan that all three of the characters that Jesus introduced see the man who's hurt and beat up on the side of the road, but only one actually sees him. Only the Samaritan is moved to compassion or this sense of being moved internally, this empathy for the condition of the man in front of him. The same word that's used for his empathy is the word that is used for Jesus whenever he heals people and and his concern for people. Uh, That part of the work that we have to do in our world, which is always full of distractions, right? We live in kind of an attention economy where my phone and my social media are always trying to get my attention because attention is money. Uh, How can I cultivate a centered attention on people who are in front of me? Uh, And this is where a rule of life can be helpful because remember, a rule of life is is an intentional plan to keep God at the center of everything that you do, as Pete Scazzaro says in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it's saying, how can I be intentional about my attention with people? And so part of this is, I think, discerning in your own life, what are the things that you need to say no to in order to pay better attention to people? Uh, 
that there are lots of voices and influences around us trying to convince you of things or sell you on things. And how can you limit the attention that you can give uh, to particularly those voices that try to stoke fear or frustration in me about people who are different than me? And this is where I think one of the first things to consider is your news media consumption. Uh, that there is uh, evidence that shows a correlation between the amount of 24-hour news someone consumes and their attitude or perspective on people who are different than them. That the more 24-hour news I consume, the more likely it is that I have negative views, uh, strong negative views about people who are different than me in a number of different categories. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was consuming a lot of 24-hour news. Uh, and I had a mentor encourage me to just cut it out. And so I turned off 24-hour news and I just focused on local news, uh, local news sources, or just like relationships with people. And, and it helped me kind of step out of the polarizing, intense, fear-mongering voices around me and instead just pay attention to the people in my community. Pay attention to the people in my neighborhood. What are the issues that matter most in my neighborhood? Uh, and that was a way for me to clarify my attention, where oftentimes news and social media want me to think about issues around the world, which, again, isn't a bad thing. But if it draws my attention away from loving the people who are around me, then I need to make sure that my attention is focused on where God has called me. And so there might be a practice in your rule of life or kind of a, uh, an inventory to do in your own life to say, what are the ways that I can cut out some of the voices in my life and in my world that are trying to stoke fear or frustration in me about people who are different than me? Uh, this doesn't mean that we're not still aware of the issues or learning or reading. It's just trying to be discerning about the intent of the voices around me. That oftentimes when I'm being encouraged to fear or be frustrated about someone who's different than me, uh, someone is trying to influence me in some kind of way. Uh, and so cutting out the voices that are trying to get me to fear people is, in fact, a really good practice so that I can instead learn to fear God and learn to fear the image of God on the face of every person that I meet. The flip side of paying attention to people is also then saying, how can I pay attention to people who are different than me? Uh, that in our default mode, we tend to gravitate towards people who are just like us, where everyone around you looks like you and sounds like you and acts like you. And if you're not careful, you can begin to think the same thing about God, that rather than recognizing the image of God on people, we tend to make God in our own image to assume that he agrees with us on everything or he thinks like us on everything or, or even talks like us and everything. Uh, the more time I spend with people who are different than me, especially followers of Jesus who are different than me, the more I will get a broader imagination for what God is actually all about. Uh, the more it will expand my imagination for who God is and what God is doing and, and, and the ways in which God maybe needs to challenge me in some ways that my culture doesn't want to challenge me in. And so prioritizing people with my attention is, is saying, how can I increase or how can I be intentional about surrounding myself with people who are different than me? I think one very simple way to begin to do this is to just take an inventory in your life of the backgrounds of the voices in your life. In other words, as you think about the things that you consume, media, books, television, podcasts, uh, even sermons and pastors and preachers, uh, to consider who they are and what their background and experience is. I did this a couple of years ago as I was kind of paring down the books that I owned, and uh, I found that as I did some research, over 90% of the authors whose books I owned and had read uh, came from white middle class backgrounds, uh, primarily American with some European backgrounds. 
Uh, and you know what that told me is that a large percentage of my experience, a large percentage of the voices that had formed me and shaped my thinking all came from backgrounds of people who are just like me. Now, if you do uh, some research on what the average Christian looks like in our world, if you were to kind of look globally at what the average Christian in our world looks like, the average Christian in our world today is a lower class, uh, likely African or Asian uh, young woman. And so what that means is that my experience and the voices that have been shaping my thinking about God uh, were only a small sliver or a small fraction of uh, the whole kingdom of God, of how God was moving globally across the world. And so uh, part of the task of attention is sort of becoming more aware of the things that we tend to not pay attention to, of the voices or the backgrounds or the influences around me to say, how can I be more attentive uh, and intentional to make sure that I am listening to God's people, uh, the voices that they have and the backgrounds that they represent so that I can get a bigger, fuller picture of the kingdom of God, Uh, that God's mission includes all people from every tribe and every tongue and every language, uh, that that's what the kingdom of God is going to look like when it comes here into our world. And so how can I begin to learn from brothers and sisters in Christ from various different backgrounds? And so for you, it might mean being intentional about reading or listening to or learning from uh, followers of Jesus from different backgrounds, Uh, maybe an intentional effort or practice of surrounding yourself or putting yourself under the teaching and insight of someone who's different than you to help expand your vision and your attention for what it looks like to follow Jesus today. Because the reality is, whether I realize it or not, my attention is being influenced by the voices of the world around me. And so again, a rule of life is an intentional plan to make sure to clarify our vision about people so that we can see people as God's image bearers to celebrate our differences so that we might learn together who God is and what God is all about. The last priority in the practice of people is the priority of action. Uh, How can we take action to care for and be intentional about loving the people around us? Uh, The... The Good Samaritan sees the man in his condition. He feels this compassion or this empathy for him, but he doesn't stop there. He takes the step of acting, of doing what he can with the resources that he has to care for this man to the extent that he's able to. Uh, you'll notice as you read the parable, he he does what he can, but then he also takes him to help to someone who can help him more, the innkeeper, while also making sure that his needs are met. 
And so loving people, the practice of people does lead us to action, uh, to take intentional effort in our life and in our world to love and care for the people who are around us. And so as you think about the practice in your life, what does it look like to prioritize people by taking action for them? I think one of the paradigms that we have used since day one at our church, this paradigm of blessing people, uh, of this acronym of five everyday actions that I can take to share the love of Jesus and the mission of Jesus with people. Uh, The B stands for be prayerfully present, to be present and praying for people as I am with them, as I'm in my community, as I'm at my workplace to listen to people, to pay attention to people's cares and concerns and situation and story so that I can better understand them. The E stands for eating, to share a meal with people, to share food with people, to get coffee with people or eat lunch with a coworker in order to better know them and understand them and invest time with them. Uh, the first S stands for serve. How can I serve? How can I meet a tangible need of the person who is around me? And then the last S is for share. How can I share an invitation, share my story, or share the good news of Jesus with people? And so as you think about a rule of life, uh, what regular intentional rhythm makes sense for you and your family or your current situation to be intentional about taking steps of love and compassion towards people around you, particularly people who are hurting or people who don't yet know Jesus? Uh, In my rule of life, I have a regular intentional rhythm where I want to try to bless people around me three to four times a month. And so about once a week, I'm just trying to think intentionally, okay, how can I be prayerfully present in someone's life this week? How can I prayer walk my neighborhood? How can I uh, prayer walk near the school, near my house? Uh, How can I listen to the questions and the concerns and the stories of people around me? How can I share a meal with someone or invite someone into a meal with friends and, and kind of allow that space to be a space where we get to know each other a little bit better? How can I serve? How can I meet a tangible need uh, of someone in my neighborhood or someone in my community? Or how can I serve a local organization that's trying to make a difference in my neighborhood? Uh, Or lastly is, how can I be intentional about sharing an invitation to church, sharing an invitation to a deeper relationship, or even just sharing the good news of Jesus with someone? Uh, How can I share the gospel with someone? So a real simple way to begin incorporating this practice of loving people in your life and taking action Uh, to prioritize people is just that, to say what regular rhythm of blessing other people uh, do I need to incorporate into our family rule of life or into my rule of life so that I can be intentional about loving people and participating in the mission that Jesus has given us uh, to offer hope and to offer the good news of Jesus to everyone that I meet. And this is where our love for people and our meeting of people's physical needs meets and complements the proclamation of the good news of Jesus. Uh, The parable of the Good Samaritan comes right on the heels of Jesus' disciples coming back to him after they were sent to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. He sent them out to tell people about uh, who he was and what he was doing. And, And on the very next moment, as they're kind of still in the celebration of this missionary journey, Jesus teaches this parable, the Good Samaritan. In other words, uh, caring for and loving for and not excluding people from the mission of God. And so how we love people uh, in our attention, in our time, and in our actions is a demonstration and even a complement and a crucial aspect of how we share the gospel with people. Uh, That if we want to know how to share the gospel with people, if we want to know how to share the good news of Jesus with people, that will come as we spend time with people. 
as we are attentive to people's needs and concerns, and, and as we are willing to meet people's everyday needs through regular rhythms of action and blessing. And so wherever you find yourself in this practice of people, maybe for you, you're starting to be able to identify that you need to be in community. Uh, You need to be more intentional about being surrounded by people so that you can be built up and encouraged. Uh, Maybe for you, a rule of life is say, I need to take the next step and I need to commit to a community. I need to ask a few people to surround me and to encourage me to create a community around me where we can follow Jesus together. Maybe for you, it is taking inventory and becoming more aware of your biases and and the messages that have been communicated to you that you've come to believe about people who are different than you, to instead repent of those things, to turn from those things, and to begin to grow your attentive awareness to God's image in the face of every person that you meet. Uh, Maybe for you, it's taking intentional steps to be present in people's lives, uh, to pray for people, to listen to people, to, uh, to offer your table and your cookouts to people, to serve people, and to share the good news of Jesus with people. Because bottom line, the way of Jesus tells us this, that we cannot love God and not love people. And that our love for people, particularly people who are overlooked and undervalued, the poor, the naked, the imprisoned, the hungry, those that Jesus said are him in disguise. Our love for people in our world is a demonstration of our love for God. And so a life following Jesus is a life that leads to real people in the real everyday struggle and striving of the world around us to offer hope and healing and redemption and reconciliation that came to us as we are present with people as Jesus was present with us.